I'm Ray Young, Young Farms in Cypress, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Hey, jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues to rock our markets. The wheat market is on fire, pushing past 10.50 a bushel in the most recent trading session. We've also seen corn around 7.50 a bushel. And anytime you get grain markets that high, it's going to affect livestock prices. So all the markets now reeling from the effects of the invasion. We'll take a closer look at that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Is livestock integration the way to go if we want better soil health in the Texas High Plains? I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. With increased rural land sales also comes a change in some locations in production agriculture to horticultural crops. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan in East Texas. The weather is what we call normal in this area, and we are a little bit behind on the rain still, but the sunshine is letting us do a little plying for spring planting, and we're ready to go to work in the peach orchard also. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We are feeling the effects of the Russian invasion of Ukraine right here in Texas agriculture this week. The corn and wheat markets both jumping to new highs this week, and that's putting a lid on cattle prices. At the recent Texas Ag Forum in Lubbock, we caught up with the ranking Republican on the Senate Agriculture Committee, John Bozeman of Arkansas. He says, we're feeling the effects of this invasion throughout rural America. Ukraine is such a big producer of wheat and other commodities. Uh, Certainly that's going to affect things. It's also going to affect uh, oil and gas, which, you know, we're so dependent uh, in uh, farm country, whether it's, uh, you know, the the input on the farm, but also we travel so much in rural America. So that's going to have a great impact. Bozeman says both Democrats and Republicans are working together to come up with a strong sanctions package on Russia in response to the invasion. This week's market action has taken corn prices to the mid-$7 range, while wheat prices have hit $10 a bushel. Texas A&M Grain Marketing Specialist Mark Welch says this creates both challenges and opportunities. You bet. And it does create some, uh, we, we talk about this, the volatility in the markets, uh, it creates some challenges and, and they do create opportunities uh, when we're seeing these, these much higher prices. And uh, 
whether you can actually with our, uh, you know, with a drought in a lot of areas, I know producers are worried about uh, the production levels this year and then weigh that against the input cost and the, even the availability of the inputs that we're going to need at any cost. Uh, you know, there is there is so much uncertainty around this now this year. Welch says about 30 percent of global grain trade originates from Russia and Ukraine. Well, 750 corn definitely throws a monkey wrench into feedlot profitability, and that just adds to the already unstable year that cattle feeders are facing. Brady Miller with the Texas Cattle Feeders Association says about the only positive thing in the cattle business right now is the shrinking of the cattle herd. But we're having to go through a painful drought to get that. We don't like seeing drought. We, we don't like to see herd liquidation. But, uh, you know, at the at, on the other side of it, if we all have memories of going back to 2014, 2015, coming out of the drought of 11 and 12 and, and 13. And, and we saw the highest prices that we've ever seen. Uh, and unfortunately, we had to go through that drought about 10 years ago to get that. I'm not going to sit here and say, and I don't want to sit here and predict that same thing that could occur because I'm hoping Mother Nature gives us some moisture and we don't have to go through that because it's not any fun. But I think that's something we got to watch out for. Brady Miller with the Texas Cattle Feeders Association. Is livestock integration the way to go if we want better soil health on the Texas High Plains? James Hunt takes a look at that question from Amarillo. A big topic at some recent producer education meetings has been livestock integration, something that agronomist Dale Strickler says is essential to improving soil health. The soils were pretty good here when European settlers first arrived, and those uh, soils were formed by perennial grasslands that were grazed by bison, antelope, elk, etc. The way to build soil is with grazing and perennial plants. Strickler is with Green Cover Seed, a Nebraska-based company specializing in cover crops and forages. He says today's agriculture is too compartmentalized. I like to say modern agriculture is essentially we have cattle on one side of the fence, we have corn on the other side of the fence. And in the fall, we'll take a $100,000 semi-truck and put those calves on it and ship them to a feedlot. In the meantime, on the cornfield, we'll take a three-quarter of a million dollar combine and burn up $3 a gallon diesel fuel to put it onto a $100,000 grain cart, which takes it to the edge of the field and puts it on a $100,000 semi and takes it to the feedlot. And then we feed that corn in that feedlot, and then after it, the pen is empty, those cattle are finished, we take a $100,000 tractor and scoop the manure up and put it on a $100,000 spreader truck and take it back out to the field. I think in the future, we might just replace all that nonsense by opening a gate and managing grazing of those crops. Dale Strickler was a presenter at the recent Soil Health Symposium in Amarillo hosted by No-Till Texas. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. More Texans are getting into horticulture. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today is horticulturist John Begno in San Angelo, and John is joining us today to talk about changes in rural agricultural production. Traditional agricultural production is out there, of course, but uh, many people are moving towards horticultural production of orchards and vineyards and, and vegetables. And John, uh, talk more about that and why uh, the shift. 
Tom, you know, we have tremendous land sales in Texas, as we do all over the U.S. And when we look at production agriculture land, especially that that borders urban areas, large acreage that was once commercial agriculture and, and large production are being chopped up into smaller pieces. And we see people purchasing these and, of course, changing the usage because, one, they don't have the major equipment, nor maybe the interest for some of the crops that used to be grown there. And they come to the table with a special interest or a passion that they have, that they can use this soil if it's good and adequate water if it's available and change the usage to grow a totally different kind of crop. Yes, and these could be a variety of horticultural crops, vegetables, various fruits, orchards. There are many wineries out there, too. Yes, we've seen this happen around, let's take the Fredericksburg area of Texas, where it's really one of the largest vineyard area and wine producing area, but more especially the winery area. Well, the same thing might happen with vegetables in certain areas. We see fruit orchards going in that we haven't seen in years, like little peach orchards, where pick-your-own operations, where consumers can actually leave urban areas, come to an orchard that might be 50 or 60 acres, which is really a nice-sized fruit orchard, and pick their own healthy vegetables or fruits. That is horticulturist John Begno in San Angelo. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Spraying is just around the corner, and East Texas farmers and ranchers are ready for it. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. The East Texas cattle markets have seen numbers over last year and prices are up also and we're looking forward to expansion in east texas in the cattle industry we have a lot of producers out looking right now for bred heifers or young replacement cows to put in their herds when spring planting comes along we just really get excited because we put new seed in the ground we've got our clovers will be coming really soon and that just makes a cattleman want to see more on the forage that we are producing. After all, a cattle producer is just a harvester of forages. So we have to make sure that we got the right amount, equal parts for the cattle and everything else. Now then, another thing that we do in East Texas is we have some of the sweetest peaches in the world and it's time to start trimming those trees. You need to keep them right. You need to keep your chemicals on them right now to keep the bugs down and the worms and things like that. So that's what we're after right now in the peach industry of East Texas. The grape growing industry is still showing expansion in numbers of vineyards in East Texas too. It's uh, time also to do some pasture weed control practices. And then the next thing we do on the farm in East Texas is getting parts to repair our older equipment. We're trying to avoid having to purchase new equipment by doing repairs on the old but it is really difficult to find some of the parts that we need right now. As we look to other things that are coming up, we have, and just like anyone else, we love good rodeos. We love all of these things that come along with being in the field of agriculture. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. The Texas Wildlife Association is looking for volunteer mentors for a new youth program. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag today. And there's a new parasite making its way here to Texas. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. 
You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions, and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There is a new parasite making its way here to Texas. Dr. Bob Judd says it's called the Asian Longhorn Tick. Although the tick has not been reported in Texas at this point, we will be seeing it in the future since it's already in Arkansas. Rhonda Brooks indicates in Bovine Veterinarian that the tick is moving across the country by hitching rides on wildlife, including birds and takes disease along with it. The ticks transmit a disease called filaria that infects multiple livestock, including horses, pigs, sheep, goats, and even chickens. In cattle, the disease causes poor thrift, abortions, fever, anemia, jaundice, lethargy, and even death. Symptoms are similar to those of anaplasmosis that can also be transmitted by ticks, as well as other biting insects. Fortunately, Dr. Kevin Lammers with Washington State indicates that the majority of cattle that contract the disease do not show clinical signs or may be only mildly affected. This has been determined because in herds that have clinical cases, a large majority of the herd is positive on testing, but only a few cattle show clinical signs. Calves seem to be very susceptible to the disease, and so cattlemen need to be watching for symptoms in young calves as calving season progresses. The tick is difficult to control because it does not require a mate to reproduce, so it can spread faster. A single tick can produce up to 2,000 eggs at one time. The tick can also feed on dogs, cats, and humans, but it is unproven if dogs, cats, or humans can develop clinical symptoms from the disease. There is no effective treatment for the disease in livestock other than supportive care. Testing is available on blood samples or on tissues to diagnose the disease. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Wildlife Association is looking for volunteer mentors for a new youth program. Jessica Domel tells all about it in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Wildlife Association will soon host a mentor training for its new youth program, Land, Water, and Wildlife Expeditions. The expeditions are designed for youth ages 11 to 17 and a parent or guardian. The one- to three-day expeditions will take place on private land and will offer youth and an adult an opportunity to learn alongside mentors and natural resource experts. Chad Timmons, Conservation Education Specialist for the Texas Wildlife Association, joins us for more on the upcoming mentor training. That's where we're going to train these volunteers who ultimately we're going to lean on to host some of these events. The Youth Hunting Program with TWA, It's been around for a long time and most folks 
are pretty well aware of it, but it's had such a successful run and it's such a great model that we're basically taking the same model that's being used with the Texas Youth Hunting Program and we're just making a non-consumptive model out of it. So TYHP has their hunt masters that run all of the youth hunts. And so the mentors are kind of going to be this program's version of the hunt masters. Mentor training for the expeditions will take place March 12th and 13th in Kyle. There's a $75 registration fee, which includes meals and training materials. If you are interested in volunteering as a mentor for the new Land, Water, and Wildlife Expeditions from the Texas Wildlife Association, you can apply on the Texas Wildlife Association's website. That is texas-wildlife.org. Click on Conservation Legacy and then Youth Education. Again, texas-wildlife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Another day of big volatility in the markets. We'll take a look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The Russian invasion of Ukraine continues to be the dominant factor in the markets this week, affecting both grain and livestock markets. On Wednesday, we ended up closing lower in the live cattle market, higher on feeder cattle. April live cattle down 42 cents at 140.10, June down 55, 136.50, while August live cattle dropped 37 to close at 136.70. A fairly stable corn market on Wednesday helped feeder prices to move higher. March feeder cattle up 202 at 158.30. April feeders up 320, 163 even, with May feeder cattle up 275, 168 even. Cash-fed cattle market still mostly quiet, although we do have some reports of light sales here in the south at 140 to 141 on a live basis. Signals reported at 225 on the rail up north. We had the online fed cattle exchange sell on Wednesday, but no Texas cattle sold on the exchange. Boxed beef prices mixed with choice down $1.5, $255.63. Select was up $0.58, cents, $252.10. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Riley Rhodes is on the line. He had a great sale in Three Rivers this Monday. Riley, how'd that sale turn out? 
I went pretty good, Larry. Um, you had about what we were talking about, end up with 1,041 head. Uh, market, uh, we thought it would be a little bit cheaper, but it was uh, a little higher most all the way across the board. The only thing that was a little cheaper was the Packer Bulls. Um, they took off on them a little bit and put on cows. So <laughs> everything else sold real well. Cow-calf pairs anywhere from 850 to 50 and a quarter. Bread cows, 750 up to 1275. Uh, High-yielding Packer cows, 88 to 96. Breakers, 76 to 84. Canners, 30. 66 to 66. Your Packer Bulls, the high yielding Bulls, 94 to dollar two. Uh, low to medium, 80 to 94. Two to three weight choice steers, 192 to 208. Heifer mates, 164 to 178. Three to four weight choice steers, 182 to 224. Heifer mates, 158 to 174. Four to five weight choice steers, 180 to 216. Heifer mates, 156 to 172. Uh, five to six weight choice steers, 172 to 198. Heifer mates, 140 to 158. Six to seven weight choice steers, 154 to 168. Heifer mates, 132 to 146 and the 7 to 8 weight cattle your choice steers 134 to 148 and the heifer mates 124 to 138 so i uh, got along good real pleased with it today didn't know quite what to expect with everything going on in the world and the market's doing what they're doing but uh got along good it was a good solid sale good well tell everybody how to get a hold of you for the next go round. 361-813-6650 is the uh, cell phone 361-786-2553 is the office liveoaklivestock.com is the web we appreciate it Riley, thank you. Thank you, Larry. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble in deep south Texas, reporting for Texas Ag Today. The hog market was slightly higher in Wednesday's trade. April lean hogs up 10 cents, 106.30. May hogs up 15 at 111.02. Class 3 milk was lower. March milk down 8 cents, 22.18 a hundredweight. April milk down 7 at 23.10 a hundred. The Russia-Ukraine conflict continues to have the cotton market spooked. We took back all of Tuesday's big gains and then some. We ended up closing with May cotton down 421 points at 118.54. October cotton down 287 at 104.56. December cotton down 221 points at $1.81. As we mentioned earlier, mostly stable trade in the corn market, especially on old crop corn. Now, we did see some losses on new crop. March corn was down three quarters at 739 a bushel, while new crop September dropped 16 and three quarters at 627 and a half. But the wheat market is not running out of steam. In fact, we were locked limit up in both hard and soft wheat throughout much of the trading session on Wednesday. We backed off that a bit on the close. July Kansas City wheat up 67 and a quarter, closing at 10.58 a bushel. July Chicago wheat up 74 and a quarter, closing at 10.41 and a quarter. These are the highest wheat prices we've seen in about 14 years. In the energy markets, April natural gas was up 23 cents, 481. April crude oil up $8.54 at $111.95 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 644 points, 33,937. The Nasdaq up 247 points at 13,779. The S&P up 89 at 4,395. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.